Welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. Yeah. You in the presence of a king. Scratch that. You in the presence of a god. Put in the belly of the beast. I escape from the never hit the job. Scott Forrest, you over, baby. Robinson can know you coming with me. These niggas like. All right. Welcome back. Today's episode. We're going to call this along the lines of War of Attrition. Now, we had a Tennessee Titans episode last week talking about what have they done well, what have they done wrong, what are some pitfalls that may come, and what can they build upon. You know, just reviewing that episode, right, for those that didn't listen to it, right? We talked about Tennessee Titans. They've done a great job of getting pressure on the quarterback using different types of coverage rotations, different type of stunts and games, getting to the quarterback. You know, um, offensively, they were relying heavy on Derrick Henry. Outside of Derrick Henry, they went to running back by committee, but more so than anything, they were spreading the ball around to others. Marcus Johnson had a big game versus the Saints. Um, Some of the things and pitfalls moving forward, like I said, was the war of attrition a lot of people are commending them for their ability to keep it trucking with so many people going to IR and getting injured. Now, I commend the coaching staff, the system, the players that stepped up for stepping up, obviously, and doing their job. That should be commended. The ability to keep on moving, basically doing your job, you're getting the hand clap for doing your job. Awesome. But th- what that says about your roster, and I'll, I'll, I'll even... Take tone that down a little bit because injuries are high this year, especially soft tissue injuries. And for honestly, I feel like there's a reason for that, but we're, that's for another episode. But anyway, high injuries. If you notice something about the Tennessee Titans, they always try to find bargain plays when, during the talent acquisition phase, whether that be drafting, whether that be um, with trades, whether it be free agency, waivers, they're always trying to find the guy that nobody's talking about who's been injured and trying to find a bargain deal or dumpster dive for these guys. And over the years, it has worked well because nobody has gotten hurt. Now you you acquire guys like Julio Jones, who had who is well known for having hamstring injuries injuries. Then you acquire a guy like Bud Dupree coming off an ACL injury. You And then it has worked before. You drafted a guy, Jeffrey Simmons, coming off an ACL injury. You drafted another guy, Caleb Farley, who was uh, who had some significant injuries. So you're trying to find these bargain plays or dumpster dives. And sometimes it pans out. Sometimes it don't. You live by the sword. You die by the sword. And that's what I was talking about when I was talking about it's commendable to the coaches in the system to be able to teach these players quickly and put them into an offense or a defense and for them to produce that should be commended and the players for catching on but what's what it says about the grand scope of talent acquisition it just says that those bargain plays can burn you sometimes that's it you know other than that we know that this team has been built pretty solidly solidly 
moving, you know, from from 2016 to present day. But one of the things that I have always stated about this team was is depth and not only depth with bargain plays, but true depth, almost having several players um and don't say that this isn't possible because there's several teams with multiple backs that could start on other teams. There's several teams in the league with wide receivers that could start and be wide receiver two or or even one on some team other teams. For example, you have you have the Bucks, you have um the Bills, um, you have the Cowboys with Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. In my opinion, Pollard could start on about a third. Uh, of the teams in the league like you have depth because you either develop the talent or you know you, you you got the right draft position and you formed a team and formulated a team that was formidable and for those that don't know if this is your first time hearing this uh podcast this episode of Barnes University Radio well guess what amongst other things uh, I am into financial services um, that's what, you know, um, it's going to pay the bills, um, you know, first time dad, all these other things that everybody else has. But for, for since 2012 of having my Twitter at BU underscore scouting to about 2018, I was anonymous. Posted what I did during draft season, really didn't even tweet during the season, just draft season, a little bit tweeting during the season, blah, blah, blah. Up until 2018, I was like, okay, now I need to let people know who I am a little bit, slowly but surely learning the ins and outs of branding and marketing and really just trying to find a way to provide service and, um, you know, trying to become a legitimate service-based business um, because that's what gets people going. They don't want to hear you talk about, you know, developing your brand in terms of what you've done well. They want to know how can you help them. But anyway, neither here nor there the past few years. But for those that know that, they know that I've been highly accurate. I do a, an incredible amount of studying, um, and I see things that others don't do to that. And it could be whatever you want to call it. But my philosophy for team building is to have depth. And what the Tennessee Titans have, you could say, oh, they. it looks like they have depth. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is is there's context to the their attrition, which, like I said, the title of the episode is War of Attrition. The context is the players that are a lot of a good percentage of the players that are injured were not a part of the major runs in the previous years. So the Tennessee Titans can easily adapt if you hadn't even been here, if that makes sense. Bud Dupree, um, you know, you can even take Marcus Johnson to for example, he didn't produce last year. So him being injured doesn't really affect anything in terms of flow because the Tennessee Titans were productive without them in previous season in 2019 and 2020. So that's what's also being lost in context. Like, oh, they have these these many people injured. But outside of Derrick Henry, obviously the, the major cog, some of these players wasn't even a part of the major, you know, wins and runs of the previous season. So that's not really affecting anything. Now, in terms of the new players that you do hear that's coming in, they all or the majority have a Titans background. So they know the system. They know players. They know coaches. Another thing that's hidden in context. So the carryover 
into actually producing isn't as drastic as it's being made. So it looks like there's just this tremendous amount of debt, but really it's just core key borderline practice squad players who's been in the system for a long time, who's just, you know, stepping in and just doing their job. And, and teams haven't been able to pick on them until recently with Chris Jackson unfold, unfolding, like I pretty much said, especially in man coverage. So building the team, for example, I said Colin Hill is out with the ACL this year off of a kickoff return where he probably should have kneeled it in the end zone. But like in previous years, you have the ability to draft Antonio Gibson. And the way that I formulated my draft in 2020, you could have gotten him. You know, Derrick Henry goes down. I, I, I think this team would like to have Antonio Gibson running the ball instead of the quadruple guys that they got going on right now, right? And then you go and look at the wide receiver position. You traded for an often injured Julio Jones, you know, hitting for the fence, swinging for the fence, and here we are. And we still got a season left. Like, this is not to condemn anybody. But for this particular game, Elijah Moore was my guy. Another thing I do, I do live drafts. Every year, live drafts while the Tennessee Titans are picking. So there's no hindsight 2020. Elijah Moore would have been excellent in this type of game to have somebody else to throw to just in case type of situations. So it's going to be a war of attrition going down. It's going to be interesting to see how the Tennessee Titans move forward from this going against a great defensive opponent um, in the Patriots. Um, so you could very easily see a defensive struggle and a defensive battle because it's not like the Patriots have, you know, an, an amazing um, wide receiving core. Um, they do have a very intricate and power run game when they want to. Um, but the Tennessee Titans, ironically, haven't been beat by a dynamic run game. They've been beat because their offense can't get anything going. And um, so... It's going to be interesting to see because I think it'll be a defensive struggle. Um, I think right now, and that's what I really wanted to say. I'm glad that came to me about how these two quarterbacks operate. Um, Matt Jones, Ryan Tannehill. You asked me who's playing better. I have to say that Matt Jones is playing better because the way that he's manipulating the pocket um, and he's he, the thing, the key difference, and I, I haven't had many things to say bad about Ryan Tannehill since he's become a Tennessee Titan. But the key difference to me is I feel as though that Ryan Tannehill is very much progression based, especially when there's guys like Julio, I mean, Julio Jones or A.J. Brown not on the field. Um, even so when he does have superstars on there, I think you look at play calls, you have your primary read, you have your primary target. When those primary targets are AJ Brown and Julio Jones, he does well. But when you look at the pure progression reads, you know, you know, which doesn't depend on coverage. It just depends on, you know, reading the whole field. When he does that, usually his ratings go down and one of the biggest reasons is he either reads wrong or he doesn't attack player now you've heard this before 
don't go with plays, go with players. Um, and this is where Tom Brady is the goat at to me. It's it's something that really separates Tom Brady, um, other than you know his dedication to the game. But Tom Brady has the mind of a GM. A lot of people don't know that. Like his ability to know that guy's good, that guy's not. What he to the T of like dexterity, body movement. Who do I need to go to? This is where Tom Brady separates himself. Like for instance. You can go back to the playoff game last year versus Ravens, you know, in a critical situation, I think I think it was a seam route by Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond is 5'10", if that, 180, going down the middle of the field versus one of the top cornerbacks in the league, right? That was the throw, a seam route to Khalif Raymond in a critical moment. I think A.J. Brown on the left side of the field got open either late or was open. My thinking is if I'm going to win or lose, I'm going to win or lose with my top dog, regardless of play, regardless of my pure progression, whatever, blase, blase, especially versus single coverage where there's not somebody that can come and snipe me or swipe me or come over. I'm going with my top guy. These are the type of things that Tom Brady would do because I'm not going to throw a seam route, a high seam route, or to a 5'9-ish, 180-pound receiver. I'm not going to do it. I'm just just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, so with that being said, that's where that minor detail of execution comes in, where I think Mac Jones is, yes, he's doing his pure, progress, pure progression reads, and I guess you can um, credit Josh, Josh McDaniels for his ability to scheme and call plays but it feels like yes he's going through pure progression but he also knows who his guys are and the fact that the Patriots don't have an A.J. Brown type talent and Mac Jones is still willing and dealing um and and his accuracy has been pinpoint ball placement has been pinpoint um so with that being said that is one knock that I do see about Ryan Tannehill is that even pure progression reads he's choosing wrong you know, um, like, for instance, Nick, Nick Westbrook-Akine had a very great game. And on one of the plays, I don't know if it was an interception in the middle. Oh, I can't remember. But one of the plays, NWI, Nick Westbrook-Akine was getting open very often. And, and, and when you get into the flow of the game, you start to notice that. But one of the more, let's just put it like this, one of the more poor decisions that Ryan Tannehill made in that game was a read where Nick Westbrook-Akine was open. And that's where kind of the flow of the game comes in. If I know that this guy is hot and on fire, I'm going to keep on feeding him, especially versus single coverage. If you're beating your guy, you're beating your guy. It's not like people were starting to bracket and double cover Nick Nick Westbrook-Akine. They wasn't. So you just keep going to that until... You know, they start to press them or something like that. And just the flow of the game, it just, um, I would say that that's been an issue um, when things go awry for Ryan Tannehill. If it's not like a primary receiver target, that play action, dig route to A.J. Brown, in breaking routes to A.J. Brown. I mean, he got he has that good, but then obviously teams know that's coming. Um, you know, he can throw a decent deep ball, but when it's just talking about pure progression reads, sometimes, man, he just doesn't see the, the, he doesn't go to the progression that you should. 
And uh, that's where it's going to be a quarterback game because both defenses will do their thing. And then I think run game is on the side of the Patriots because of Stevenson and Harris and uh, even Bolden. You know, that run, that trio is what the Titans hope to be, you know, you know, in a hostile environment. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take it's going to take like an Elijah Moore um uh, Antonio Gibson, Kylan Hill, um, Brevin Jordan, um, you know, type of game, but the Tennessee Titans didn't draft those players. So now they have to like stitch together some type of team. But, um, you know, what did I know? Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you guys enjoy the week. Um, um, ha- enjoy your time with family for those some, because some people don't almost said the holiday name. Some people don't celebrate that holiday. They just, you know, use this as a time to, you know, be around family. So with that being said, excuse me, my phone is always going off. And um, but anyway, you guys enjoy time with your family. Um, Hopefully this is a time we should always practice gratitude, but this is a time to even practice gratitude, uh, practice gratitude even more. With That being said, I will see you on the next one and uh, take care.